Okay, so we're back, and this week we are going to talk about real life time, what's going on in our lives instead of talking about the past just because so much has happened. And we also wanted to explain our relationship. So I'm going to let you first tell your first impressions of me moving in because I moved in in April. Do I have to be honest? Yes, absolutely. I want total honesty. Oh, one, I hated this house here. Yes. It bugged me to begin with, and I never would never sell. Mm-hmm. And then I literally called to complain to the owners or to the builders the Monday of the week you moved in. And I complained, and I said, if one more person drives on my grass, hits my garage, drives on my driveway to get out of the side street, mm-hmm. I'm going to sue them. It's private property. And then, lo and behold, it was like a few days later, you're moving in. I was like, why didn't anybody... I called the realtor number that was listed in the window. Mm -hmm. They didn't even know what I was talking about. That was a person's own personal phone number. I don't even know what that was all about. Oh, that's odd. Either way, they shunned me off. And then you popped up, and I was like, nobody said anything about somebody moving in. And that they tell the new owners that they were like, no, I didn't know anything about it. But then it was... Everybody watched from the house because somebody actually moved in because nobody would take the house because it's so close to the street. Mm-hmm. And then I saw you moving in in the middle of the night. It was the middle of the it night. It was the middle of the night, and it was all of the rumors started to fly. Like Devin and his girlfriend were all just sitting there, like, "Oh, I bet you she's witness protection program." <laughs> and it was like, "No, no, she's not with." And then it was. Yeah, but she's by herself. She's it's just her and boys. She's she's a single mom. And I was like, Well, what's she look like? And they're like, She looks a hot mess. Oh, <laughs> it's no. like, like she's obviously doing this fast and everything. So and then you guys did, you moved in through the night. Mm-hmm. And it was all at night. And I was like, wait a second. She's moving in at night. Things aren't even in boxes. They were in bags. Mm-hmm. They were in little crates and containers. And I was like, I know what's up. So then I said, that's a woman trying to run. She's going in the middle of the night and she's running. And it was like, no, no, no. She's protected. That's why she moved in so fast. It was like, the fact that she moved in so fast, within a matter of days of me talking to the owner or the builder, whatever, it was like something was up because for you to just jump in all of a sudden. I got an email that was like, We'll tell the construction crew, like, they were still working on the house. Mm-hmm. And it was, but I did, I saw it, and I kept looking outside to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I asked the neighbors, too, the following day. I was like, did you meet our new neighbor? And they said, because they came up and talked to me before I even moved in, but I went to the house every day. To, oh, to watch them build it? Yeah, well, to make sure that they did it right, so we custom did it. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you're going to make sure everything's correct. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and everything was wrong, so it was good. I went every day. So they came over and talked to me. I was like, did you meet? Well, she doesn't have much to say, and she's kind of quick, and she's here with her two boys, and I'm like, mm, I saw three. <laughs> and so it was like, and so I went back inside after that. I just cut them off. I was like, well, we'll find out sooner or later. And they said that you kept really quiet to yourself. And so you were quick in and out and didn't you didn't stand around for conversation. So Devin was like, 
She's definitely witness protection. She's trying not to tell anybody where she's from. She's trying to say, she's trying to throw everybody off. And I was like, no, I'm telling you. She's hiding something and she's moved in in the middle of the night. I was like, that stuff is in bags. That's how you move when you've got to move quick. <laughs> And so that's how you what, move when you have to move quick and you you're move. poor and you're a single mom. I mean, mom I was and... like, no. And then I was like, well, maybe she's got a boyfriend and that's why nobody's here to help her and he's busy or something like that. But I knew you weren't married. Mm-hmm. I just had the feeling. And then it was, when I saw everything, I was like, uh-uh, I recognize that move. Been there, done that. Yeah. So I was like, I know what that is. She's running. She's she's not going to talk to anybody now. <laughs> now it's like, we'll never find out exactly what the story is. Well, so you probably never would have had the accident not happen yes. with my ex. Right. But just a little backstory. Um, my ex abused me for years. Yes. And so, yes, I am a single mother with three boys that has to pack in. <laughs> And garbage bags. Garbage bags. And I saw Target bags. I saw those little sterilized containers still filled. And I'm like, they're not even like taped up. It's like, <laughs> kids, be careful. Don't drop it. And then he was doing, the, your oldest was doing the most work. And I'm like, yeah, this is, he's the man of the house. Because it's like <laughs> the younger ones weren't. No, I saw. It was definitely, he was moving. He was definitely moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but you and I had never spoke. No, never spoke. And so then... You spoke to my husband before you spoke to me. Yes, we did have a conversation because no one told us not to drive on your property. Of course not. But then you were in the house a few days after I complained. And so had I known, we never would have. And I'd never driven on your grass since. No, you haven't. But that's okay. I wouldn't have mattered now as long as you don't hit the garage. But I do remember you coming to the door for the first time and you knocked on the door so loud. And I was upstairs. I was like, who's that knocking on the damn like, door the like cops. the damn police? <laughs> I was like, damn police at the door. And then John went out and talked to you. He comes back here. I was like, well, I was like, doorbells mean anything around here? I was so mad. I was like, oh, banging on the door. It freaked I'm me sorry. out. sorry. No, it's okay because Devin gets paranoid about it. And he gets all freaked out when somebody bangs on and the see, door. And see, I always think, well, what if someone's taking a nap? I don't want to ring the doorbell and wake them up. <laughs> it was just funny. I was like, banging on my damn door like the damn police. So, so mad. And so, but I felt like the conversation with your husband, we were both like very adult. It was fine once I knew the rules. It was it, fine. Everything was fine. It was squashed. Okay, so the very next day, I'm going to let you tell it from your side, but... It wasn't the next day. It was seven days later. It was seven. No, it was the very next day after I talked to John. It was happened on a Saturday. You talked to John on a Wednesday. I know it was squashed. Okay, but it was squashed between us. It was squashed. Like, you and John had figured it out. Everything was fine. It was harmony. And, And then, John, you were gone. I was gone with my oldest son. And it was several days later. Like, that's how I know it was so okay because it had been so many days. Mm-hmm. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And even John said it. And Devin was like, well, I wasn't trying to scare anybody. I was just, you know, I'm so tired of it. Because we did our lawn. We paid extra for the driveway. It was just, that was frustrating. So he had lost his cool. But everybody was fine. And Johnny told Devin, you know, don't come off so rough, you know, it's now they, you know, they live there now. It's not the construction workers. So anyway, we had been, we were fine. And mm-hmm. it was, it was, um, on, I don't know, whatever day that was. And I'm not looking at my calendar to find out, but it was several days later. And 
we John was gone. He had gone off out of town. And so He was out of town? He was, he was back home. He came home that night. Oh, okay. So it was like a day trip. He had to go for a day and then mm-hmm. he came back. But it was he was at least three hours away. Mm-hmm. So Devin and I would were woodworking in the garage. I had moved my car out of the garage and into the driveway. And because we share a common street, mm-hmm. it's like a little alley. It's, yeah, it's, it's more That's the alley. only way to describe it. It's like an alley and we share it. And then that alley leads to two other houses that you can't mm-hmm. get to. Yeah. So It's a very odd it's setup. It's an odd setup. But if you pull in on that street, you block your entrance to your garage and the entrance to our driveway and garage. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there doing woodwork and... It was hot. I remember that much. Devin was already frustrated. And a car pulled up. The truck pulled up. And I'm watching because Devin's still working on his stuff. And I'm just watching. And I guess it was about five minutes, maybe three to five minutes, just sitting in the car. But, like, looking over at me was the driver, the gentleman driving. Which, which is, is my which ex-husband. Which is ex now. We found mm-hmm. that out. And he was staring at me and kind of. Making faces and just taunting. But I was, you know, as the adult, it's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just don't let Devin see it because I don't want him to get upset. Then Devin's girlfriend comes home. And because of where the truck was, it had blocked all entrances into. Into your driveway. And she was literally parked on the main street trying to get in and said, was on the phone with Devin, said, I need to get in. Can you ask this person to move the truck? Mm-hmm. Yes, we said the F word. Can you move your effing truck? Devin mm-hmm. said, can you move your truck? At first he asked, I said, can you move your truck? She needs to get in. And then the next thing you know it was, who needs to get in? Well, that's none of your damn business. Mm-hmm. We live here. We're in the garage. Move the truck. You're on a street. That's, you know, public property. It's private. Get out of the way. Mm-hmm. But he said, who needs to get here? And at that point I knew if I didn't intervene... It wasn't going to go well. But it didn't matter anyway. So I said, just move your effing truck. And at that point, somebody jumped out of that truck so fast. I mean, there's no way to describe how fast that was. It's just lightning speed. I've never... That door flew open and out and about ran... He ran up the driveway into probably about six inches up to the garage Devin and him met I got in between yelling screaming punches it's like pushing and bumping and it got really bad and I'm just yelling and I'm in between both of them so I'm getting shoved and pushed and if it hits coming it's hitting Mm -hmm. me and not them and and any mother would do that I would do that I would would yeah well I I kept saying you're a grown man you're a grown man go and I was trying to get Devin to go inside him to get off the property Mm-hmm. And Devin used his phone to call nine one one. The minute he dialed nine one one, the phone was hit out of his hand and slid down probably six to eight feet. I mean, it slid all the way down to the road. It did dial nine one one, but then it was disconnected. Disconnected. And which I found out is a crime. I didn't it's know a felony. I, I had no idea. I had no idea either. I had no idea. And so at that point. It was, it looked like it was starting to take, Devin was upset about his phone and he was going to get his phone and 
your ex-husband started to back away. And then I don't know what triggered it. They came back. I was in the middle. Now, he never went back to the truck. But at the point that he came out of the truck, he had a pen in his hand that he had a ballpoint pen. So that's those are dull. Mm-hmm. And had managed to get it between his hands and went to kind of go like this to punch towards my shoulder. Devin had thrown his arm out. And when he did, he sliced Devin from the wrist all the way up to about two inches from the elbow. Sliced him up the arm. That's crazy. 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 And it was like, it's still fighting with the person. We don't even know who you are. Who are you? You're like, who are you? And why are I mean, you here? I know. What are you fighting with us for? We just want you to move your truck, you know? Mm-hmm. And Nicole at this point had driven off. She had to go and round about the neighborhood. And one neighbor saw, and we try to keep a low profile because we don't want people coming to the house. We get enough attention as is and and i try to keep a low price right you do your witness protection i I mean like i was quietly moved in like didn't want my mess known to the world you had managed to pull it off i like come on and then it was if the john we didn't do anything about it we didn't call i had to wait until john came home and okay so let me intervene my piece here go for it so ty and i had been at hobby lobby And we had been shopping. Well, we had a going away party for one of Talon's baseball friends at Crater Lake. So we literally came home. I told everyone, I'm like, put on your swimsuits, grab a towel, we gotta go. Because Ed started at like four and it was like six o'clock. Because it was late. He had him until then. And so we are literally driving to Crater Lake and Talon's like, hey mom, guess what happened? And Talon starts to tell me the story of what happened. And all I'm thinking is, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go back and have another adult conversation with the neighbor. (laughs) And he's a big guy. And I'm like... And he's a little scary. Okay. And I'm preparing myself for this conversation I'm going to have to have. So nobody was home. No, none of us were home. John did come home. And when he came home and found out what happened, which I waited because... It wouldn't have done justice to tell him over the phone because men are just that oh, way. Oh, he would have exploded. He, would have, he, he wouldn't have gotten it either. It had to be shown to him so he could understand. Otherwise, he would have just been like, the hell happened? And he wouldn't have gotten it. He would have blown it off. So, And I had to make sure he was actually listening because they never listen. So it's like mm-hmm. I had to tell him exactly what happened. You weren't here, so I didn't know you weren't here. I knew you weren't here because the car wasn't here, but I didn't know the kids weren't here. It didn't matter because at that point, John just walked away. He's like, call the cops, get them here now. And he said, I'm walking to the front door. And he starts banging on your door like he's the police. (laughs) He's banging on it. And he's like, open the door. Open the door. Open the door. Get your mom home now. And he was like losing it. And nobody was even here. no one was even here. It's like, he's like, I know they're there. They're just not answering the door to me. This is not acceptable. <laughs> like, okay, this is bad. Well, so. so my two oldest happened to go home with friends to like continue their little party. So me and Trevin came home. So I pull up our alleyway and all I see is cop cars. And I'm like, oh, oh no. no. Here we go again. <laughs> and I almost wanted to just turn around. Because I would have turned around. <laughs> I would have definitely reversed it and been like, you can get in that car and chase me. Like, and the cop car was even kind of blocking my garage. I was like, I can't really get in. And I'm like, I should just turn around. (laughs) Like, I I wanted to run. And then I was like, well, 
I guess it's time for that talk with the neighbors. <laughs> Here we go again. I thought we had squashed it. I know. It, so, it was bad. And then I felt bad for you because the minute he, the minute he saw you come in and pull in, he's a bigger man. He's a little bit intimidating. <laughs> and he looks at the police officer and he says, you talk to them, meaning Devin and I, I'm going to talk to her. And he started walking over, and I was like, you might want to go over with him. Okay. Stay here. Don't stay here with us. You might want to walk with him. And he's like, no, he'll be fine. I'm like, no, he won't be fine. She's getting ready to get mean him. I was like, you might want to just go. We can fill this out by ourselves. We're writing down a report. And it's like, just walk with him. Please walk. I'm scared for her. Walk with him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's not violent. He just, he can be so brash. Like, some of the things that mm-hmm. come out of his mouth can be tough. And so I told him, I said, look, I've been through this. I am so sorry my mess has touched you. I still am. I still feel horrible. Yeah, but. But it's usually okay. it's directed just at me and my boys. Like, and the thing is, is my ex told everyone that I was a pathological liar so that no one would believe that I'd been beaten. Right. And. True story. I mean, that's how it usually is. And so, um, and even after we separated, it didn't end. I mean, I, he went to jail for drugs, um, and I helped bail him out. I picked him up from jail, spent $250 and collect phone calls so that he could talk to the boys and to me. And he's telling us how much he loved us and this and that. It's mind control. Within 12 hours, he hit me. And I remember I came home, and I looked at my oldest son, and I said, I will never let him hit me again. I am done. And that was in January. And I just, I think I had to get to that point of, like, I am done with this. Mm -hmm. But I never thought that his violence would turn to people around me. Like, I never intended for my mess to touch anybody else's. But it works out that way because it actually worked out because it was weird when John, you had started telling John the story. and We're still with the police officer. And he says, we're going to get an emergency protective Protective order. order. And Mm -hmm. he said, I'm taking her with me. And I'm like, you're taking her with you? She's showing you the way there. And he goes, no, I'm getting her one, too. She's getting one, we're getting one, and he actually only got one. You got one, mm-hmm. I got one, and Devin got one. We mm-hmm. got emergency because, you know, he could take care of himself. He can hold his own. It was so cute, too, because the police officer's like, do you know where the magistrate's office is? And I was like, yes, sir, I've been there several times. <laughs> where like, John's like, I don't know. John's like, I have no idea know where it. this is. And I was like, well, you better thank God for that. That is blessings that you don't know where that is. Me, I'm still not sure. He's kind of trying to piece together what it is, like what's going on and like your story. And I'm still sitting here with Cobb and Devin and they're both talking about, you know, I'm a mama's boy, and I'm, I would take that hit again. Just don't mess with my mom. And it's like, I'm listening to that. And then I hear him. He's like, we're getting ready to leave. And I'm going, it's like late now. It's like, it what's was, going it on? It was about 1130. And he still, John still didn't know anything about what, what, any of the stories, really. He just knew your situation. Mm-hmm. And he had said one thing before he left. My thing was, is because I didn't know anything about you. And because I'd been through divorce with Cheater. Mm-hmm. I was like, she's not riding with you, is she? 
was like, she's not riding with you. She, y'all take a separate cars, right? And you know what's funny? He offered, he was like, do you want to ride together? And I said, no, nope. we'll take separate cars. <laughs> nope. That's okay. I know better. Right. Don't worry. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in the car with him like, hmm. This is an interrogation person too. He'd have driven me crazy. But... But I did let him follow me because he didn't know where it was. And so I said, just follow me. But so the cop came over while John and I were talking. And he said, ma'am, we have these four charges, which were two assault charges, Mm -hmm. destruction of property, and stopping a 911 call. And we need to know your ex-husband's name. And so I said the name. Which I still had no idea who that was. And he said... Oh, we we know him. And I said, Oh, you know him? Like Like y'all like, buddies? He's met on the yeah, like And he's like, Oh no, we know about him from his drug arrest because with those he had to be tased twice to be put yeah. into cuffs. And so he said, I'm gonna get several of my buddies, but we're going over to arrest yeah, him. Yeah, he said it and I was like, Well, you know And so he actually had to call I think five of them went out. I don't even know because John and I had to go out of town the next morning. Oh, I didn't even know you guys left. We well, we didn't go far. I mean, we went to um, the Greenbrier. We went like oh. right in West Virginia, so mm-hmm. it was like two and a half hours away. But I was sore the next day. I was really sore, beat up. But I mean, that was a lot. I think once the adrenaline. But you guys are getting ready to leave, and I'm just like. Devin's here, cops here. John's say, "Oh well, she's got a situation that's similar to yours. She's a single mom, three boys." And I'm like, "Oh wow!" And then he's like, "And she's been beat up for years. Do you know how many years?" And I was like, "No, I don't." And he goes, "She's been beat up for like six years." And I'm like, "Well, you know what? That figures why he came after me because if he can hit..." And I said it to him. I was like, "If he can hit her, then he'll hit any woman." I was like, "It doesn't matter." Mm-hmm. And it was like. And at that point, it was, everything just went so fast. We stayed with the police officer. Y'all left. Mm-hmm. And you and John bonded <laughs> in a very, but not really, but kind of. Like he was like, I she's not saying there was no flirting. No, no, no. He <laughs> was sitting there and he's texting me. And I'm like, after the cop had left. And I was like, he's like, are y'all okay? And I was like, yeah, the cop's gone. And I was like, is she okay? And he's like, she's not really talking to me. He was like, she's really quiet. I think she's really upset. She seems really scared. And I'm like... I felt horrible. Because, like I said, this has been my mess of a life that I've been dealing with alone. Alone? Because people don't talk about domestic abuse. No. People don't talk about the way that they alienate you. The way that they make sure you have no support circle. And, um... It's like a big, big dirty secret. Because you is. tell people... And when you would tell people or let people try to get somebody in to help, they wouldn't talk about it. You don't talk about it. You don't, you pretend it doesn't happen. You pretend you're lying. People didn't believe me. Nobody believed you. And it was like, we were the ideal all-American family. We lived in a half a million dollar home. We made well into the six figures. I mean, we were the American dream. We had three boys. We were this picture-perfect family from the outside. And, but see, that's the thing is, it always ends up like that. And people were like, oh, no, not him. Definitely right, not him. Right, because he was a well-to-do. Because he, he is had, well-to-do. He's well-known. He's he goes, offered free services. He's coached many teams. 
So they're all like, he's the greatest guy ever. Right. And he's always that double. He was the greatest guy ever outside in the world, but it was a very different story at home behind closed doors. But still, that night, you and I didn't even talk. No, we but we did when you came back from the <clears throat> from the but it was from the protective literally it was like I the next morning. I kept telling him, I'm like, please tell your wife, I'm so sorry, please tell her, like, and no. like I felt so horrible. And then when I saw you, I was just like, I have to go over and just. I know he back. was like, she wants to talk to you. I was like, um, I'm not really in the mood right now. Just kind of want to go to bed. And it was funny though because when John had found the link. To the story of, that happened in January. Uh-huh. And he sent it to me. My heart started racing. And I said, I let Devin read it. And he started to kind of hit the panic button. Because knowing what he had in his vehicle that day when the cops saw him, those guns, the brass knuckles, the drugs, everything, you know, all the guns, period. They said, surrender them. But they also said, surrender your driver's license. Don't drive. Get a job. Go to he didn't do any of that. Why would he have surrendered all of his guns? You know, so when I read it, I got really upset because at that point, and that was before you came back, all I could think is this situation was bad with a ballpoint pen. We're very fortunate. It could have turned and been a totally, this could have been a totally different situation. Oh, absolutely. It could have been a situation where one of us wasn't Alive. going to be there when John came home. I mean, it was that bad. And it probably would have been me. I was in the middle. And if it hadn't been for Devin throwing his arm out to protect his mom. Mm -hmm. But we had decided at that point, because you hadn't had any help. John was like, you're on alone. Nobody believes you that this happened. And I told Devin, I was like, you know what? If this gets her help, if we are the reason that she can make it through this, I said, I will take that beating again. And he's like, I would too. And I said, and we both were crying. And I was like, if it helps her and it gets her out of this situation and she gets free, I said, I would take that beating 10,000 more times so that that way she could be free of this guy. And that's how I knew that I will always be friends with you. I mean, I would do it again. I would do it to this day. I would sit there and he still taunts us and still drives and, and I'm still doing. So let's talk about that. He's not legally allowed in the neighborhood. At all. And and he's not supposed and he does drive by. Mm-hmm. And I've called the cops to come and help him to come and help me the day that he literally was told not to. And everybody told me they, they told me a victim assistance not on or not on or whatever the streets. And he say said literally he's not supposed to be on the street at all. And it wasn't even forty eight hours. It might have been thirty six hours back on and just driving and taunting driving and taunting i called for help i called the police i called the da's office i called in two different counties i called victims assistance and nobody showed up mm-hmm. and we were here and at that point it was like i knew what you had definitely gone through because i could not believe that there really was no help for you and when i realized there was no help it was she really is now. I see what she's been living through, and I know that you hated us being brought in. But you I know what? Totally hate the it. thing was is at least it hit. I always said, like after I met you that night, I was like, you know what? And John was like, I think you could be helpful for her. I was like, you know what? If anything, I could be strong for her. 
And so she can be weak and I'll be the strong guy. I'll be the mean guy and let her build herself up to strength because it's going to take her a bit. It's like she's got a long way to go. And you've actually leaps and bounds in just a matter of weeks. And it's like you just got tough. But it helps when you've got somebody fighting with you. I think that I think that's what it is. You knew you weren't alone. Yeah, and that's the thing. I felt so alone and um I did share my story on Facebook once and I almost lost my children for it because they said that it was traumatic for them and I told the lawyers I said they lived it. None of what I wrote was new information to them. Right. I wrote about how I was going to stand up to my bully, how I was going to be strong, how I was not going to let a man hit me anymore. And I literally almost, I got a phone call that said, they're coming for your kids. Yes. Yeah, and I was a mess all because of a Facebook post. So immediately it, it went down, but I felt shamed into, I'm not supposed to tell this story. And I can't help but think we happen to be neighbors and yet we have identical stories of ugly divorce, abuse, bipolarness, craziness. It's just, yeah. And if I have it and you have it, so many other women must have it too. There's other people that are definitely... And at times, I felt so alone that if I even heard... I I looked for podcasts that were talking about how hard divorce was just so I wouldn't feel alone. And there was nothing that was... It was all like, find your inner peace. Right, okay. And like, no, I wanted real... I wanted to know someone else was scared every single day of their life. I wanted to know someone else didn't sleep because they were afraid or because there was cars sitting out in front of their house. I want to know other people have... Random people taking pictures of their kids and yeah, not knowing who yeah, they are. Yeah, that's, that's weird. I mean, I have, I don't know if it's the Mexican cartel. I don't know if my ex has decided to flip and be. Um, to give information. To give information. I mean, I don't know if my kids are safe. I mean, every day it was, I have yeah, fear. And if I have fear it. every day. There's got to be There's someone else. There's got to be somebody else out there that's going through and it. And I don't want anyone to feel alone <clears throat> like I felt. And that's really what it is. Is like I'm trying to create something that could have been useful for me. You're paying forward because now you've got somebody who's... I told you that night that I would stay up and I would be watching all the time. I stay up late. I will watch out the windows. I keep my eyes out. You can rest tonight. I've got watch tonight, and I do. I still, to this day, stay up late at night, and I'll watch religiously. Mm-hmm. And anything that happens, if I see it, I mean, I'm not... I do know now that it's just us. We're the only ones who can save each other at this point. Mm-hmm. If he wants to come back, and he did say that, I will be back. And I damn well believe it. I know he would. And if he can say that to me, a complete stranger, you have a right to be scared. I put nothing past him. He is crazy. Up until two days before the the court for the assault, he is driving by no fear because my husband is walking to his car and he's got his face pinned up against the window, pinned, forehead pinned up to it and just staring me down, driving super slow. And I'm thinking, I'm not scared of you. And she's not scared of you because... You're going to go down. This is not how it ends. 
So, ironically, after two and a half years, our divorce goes through on the Monday, I believe, before court. Yes, it was. It was. And um, so I very naively believed that the fighting was over. Right. I thought, okay, our divorce is finally over. It was the ugliest divorce. We had lawyers quit because they said it was too ugly. They didn't want to be in it. I'm not both, surprised. Both of us had lawyers quit because they said they they couldn't do it. And um, two and a half years of trying to get divorced, it's finally through. And I'm thinking, okay, Breathe. we can have peace. Right. You can take that sigh of relief and just so, go to normal. Go start a new normal. That Thursday... <clears throat> He reported me to social services saying I was an unfit mother. And you know why he did it? It's a control thing. It is a control thing. Because he ended up with only visitation two weekends a month. And Which, I mean, that's... And that even thing, scares Whoever me. gave him that much. Because a man like that doesn't deserve 20 minutes without supervision, but then... I mean, nine felonies. No. Uh, nine. Uh, and he, and he should ag- be a fit like, father. You have to get tased twice. If it takes two tasers to knock you down, chances are, you know what, you're strong enough to throw a kid across the house, you know, if you get angry. Yeah. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, the first attack comes, which is, I'm an unfit mother. And I'm like, we're really going to do this? Because if the kids get taken away, they're going to foster care. They're not going to you. No, they would never. But it's almost like, if I can't have them, you can't either. Or... Just so you know, I still have control over you. Yeah, you thought I was gone. You, it's, this is not over yet. Yes. And I <clears throat> cried and cried because I realized this is never going to be over. Which ironically is similar to what I went through where I was already divorced. It took a little bit. We, I was divorced and out of the blue, I just anger and frustration, I guess, from my ex-husband and his wife. And out of the blue, I was served papers as being an unfit mother. And so I knew when you, when I was told that, hey, guess what? I've been there too. And it is the worst blow for a mom who's had her kids. And I was a single mom. And we're working our butts off. Working nonstop. To provide for these children while they're over there doing nothing. Two days a weekend. I mean, I mean, come he, on, two visits a week or He two doesn't work. His fiance or girlfriend or whoever she is doesn't work. They just sit around all day. I always thought if you can, you don't even know how to enroll your child in school. And I'm a bad parent. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what medications, if they take any at all. You don't know what they're allergic to. Mm-hmm. And I'm a bad parent. My son just got diagnosed with epilepsy. He didn't even show up for the appointment. And he himself has epilepsy. Do you know how much help he could have been in that room? He could have been. He, he should have been have, even more sympathetic to it. Yeah. He could have helped ease the blow of the diagnosis. Yeah. He could have helped. The doctor gave me the choice of eight different drugs. And I remembered from my husband or ex-husband, I remembered some of the side effects from some. And I said, absolutely not to all of these. Yeah. But it would have been helpful for him to say, hey, I took this one and this one was a good one. Or It would have been a good time to stand up and be a dad. 
I mean, to show up to for your child. To be a fit parent, since you're not fit, mm-hmm. it would have been a perfect opportunity for him to show up and actually show that, hey, it would have been a good opportunity to show that he's even worth having the kids at all. So, let's, because a lot has happened even since court. So, court, he was convicted. Court he was, the DA was saying he'd get no jail time, which floored me. Devin was there. Devin got heated. And I went in with a plan. It was read the room. If it's looking like it's going to go like there, because it already, the whole case being granted another bond after com- being charged with, with assault and battery mm-hmm. should have had his other bond revoked. He should have been in jail. Absolutely. Any normal human being completely. And I know because my ex-husband was, is a sheriff. Um, my son has been through legal problems and if you break probation, they revoke your bond, you're serving time. Mm-hmm. And I know he wasn't charged officially of those felonies, but he, the DA requested that he be held anyway until trial. He got away with it. The whole thing was fishy. So when we went in, the first thing he said is the judge is not going to give him any time. You're not going to get any jail time out of him. He's probably just going to get to go ahead and go on home. And I saw right then and there that this just got a little bit more crooked. One, he was an hour late to court. To court, yeah. And nobody gets away with that. Judges get pissed. An hour late to court. And let me add, he knew what time court was because he called at 1240. Court was at 1. Yes, it was. It was on all the subpoenas. He called at 1245 and said, Talon, where are you? And expecting my son to go to testify because he was part of it. Why do you need so many people to tell you that you're a good person? Why can't you do that yourself? Oh, that's right. Because your actions show you're not. So you need to get your choir behind you so that that way, you know, you can preach. So, okay. Tell me what happened. So you read the room. I read the room. It was going south. He said no jail time. Said it was done. And that we would have to... We would, it would be lucky if he had a suspended sentence at all that we just, or if he got in trouble for any of it. And I brought up the previous stuff. He said, that's not the case of trial today. That has nothing to do with you. And I said, nobody has something to do with you mm-hmm. to clear this case. That should help the state. Mm-hmm. And they quickly got me off of that, throwing it out, said that I said, well, he's coming by the house still he's breaking this probation as well and he told me that he couldn't ban him off of public streets and i said well he's not really a free person he's waiting trial i said so when kids get in trouble when they're younger at the playground or at the sandbox and they hurt somebody else they have to be punished they're no longer able to play at the playground you come and beat people up on a street you can't go back to that street. you given him permission. I said, I finally just said, it. looks like you're siding with the assailant rather than the victim. And at that point, he said, sorry you feel that way. I'll see what we can do. I'll be back. And he left. And I realized that at that point, if we had to go, we didn't go, Devin and I did not go in and testify on the stand. Because I think if we would have, nothing would have been done. We did get fortunate. I knew that at that point, negotiate with the crooked side here, which is apparently everybody, because he was an hour late to court. The, the officer never showed. 
It was just... That floors me. I don't understand why the officer, the responding officer, didn't have to show. I don't know. Everybody's court docs, uh, the screen said 1 o'clock. Our subpoena said 1 o'clock. I checked on the online before, the night before and the day of. The people from Victims Assistance said 1 o'clock. Everybody said 1 o'clock. Yet it was 2.05 when he walked in. And... They just kept walking through the halls saying, he'll be here. I talked to him. And I'm like, well, if that had been us and we'd have showed up late. They would have dismissed the case. Well, we would have actually probably been held in contempt for not showing up. Mm -hmm. And we would have been in trouble. Mm -hmm. But apparently it's not the same rules for everybody, which is he's more than aware of, which is why he continues to break the rules. Because he knows he won't get in trouble. So to make it to where he actually did finally get in trouble, I knew that... Nobody believed you. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody really believed what happened with us. Mm-hmm. We had one neighbor see it, and he's not very good with English. So I said, you can drop my assault charges, his stand, because I have picture evidence of his slice. Yeah. And I said he didn't get medical help because it's a pandemic. And I'm a, I worked at the hospital for 10 years. I did CT scans. I know how to treat something. Mm-hmm. It's like, so I want him paid for the phone. And I want him paid. Um, I want you to make sure the charges stand. Mm-hmm. And I want him off the street. And they blocked him from the whole neighborhood. Convicted him of battery and assault. And convicted him of... Um, destruction failed, of property. They did not... They actually did... They dropped that. The destruction of property. Oh. They just, but they did get the failure for the 911. But it doesn't matter because destruction of property... If there wasn't destruction of property, then why are you paying for the property that was destroyed? Either way, he was finally convicted, but a suspended sentence, and he's still on the streets now. So I, I just don't quite understand the suspended sentence thing because basically, it's suspended. It's like if you're suspended from school, you can't go to school. But like, but you can eventually. Does mom testify? No, but I saw them, mm-hmm. and actually, I didn't realize who they were. She never looked my direction. They actually. Acted like we were the bad guys. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Because... I mean, it was like, and it was good thing that I have, I have a lot more class than what was, you know, accompanying him because I knew if I started mouthing off, but otherwise, it'd have been like, please describe who accompanied him. Okay, there was, um, which I think all women. This makes me you kind of hope, like, if you're gonna cheat on me and you're gonna leave me for somebody else. Make it good. You right. Because I'm like Cinderella. You got to find something better than Cinderella. You got to find. Yeah. It's like pretty woman times 50. But no. Now, my ex-husband, he found something that was 50 times bigger than me. Mm-hmm. She is your ex-husband found 50 times dirtier than anything I've ever seen. She walked in and probably what I said was. She's wearing her daughter's clothes because, and I said that there is definitely rules to wear things at school. Like it has to be at fingertip length. That was not finger. It looked like she was going to play tennis and her daughter's clothes after court and heels. And hot pink. And hot pink. I was like, wow, I know where you came from because of how you're dressed. I know how you've been raised because of how you're dressed and your attitude I'll see you at the door. 
<laughs> I mean, she... So, she, the day after Matt got arrested... Right. Got drunk and high and crashed with her children in the car into a pillar. And... The children that are not with her, as we speak. Mother of the year. That ward so shines bright. I tried to keep my kids from being around her because if she'll drive her kids drunk and high and wasted, then she'll drive my kids. And I had three witnesses to this accident and all three said they would not testify for me because they were afraid of Matt and his retaliation. Right, but nobody would help with when you were sitting there saying... But I was just trying to protect my kids. Yeah. So then his mom <clears throat> signed up to be a witness on behalf of Jenna and how great she is. She so she so. wanted to stand on the stand and say that this alcoholic bulimic, which she's I've been super told, skinny, she she's looks bulimic, like a skeleton walking in a hot pink suit, pill popper, is a she great like a person to be driving my kids around. She looks like a crackhead. She looks like if. There is anything, you look at her from a distance and you know that's a crackhead. And I have parents that have told me she's drinking that my son's games and driving him home and all of this stuff. But they can never be wrong. So now that they she's never are on wrong. their side, right. they had to go and fight and, oh, say she's the best. When obviously I have literally begged Every person that has met her, please tell me something good about her so I feel good about my kids being around her. Not one person has had something good to say. Not one person. And fact, a lot of people said they didn't trust their kids coming over to play with mine if they were going to be around her. See, my ex-husband, everybody had so many nice things to say about her. I had not one nice thing to say about her. I mean... She was going to have my children around. She wanted my son, my baby, to call her mom. Everybody, she's such a good person. No, nah, well, guess what? She just met the devil, and she better hope her Bible's in her hip. Because <laughs> I would charge that woman, and people would have to hold me back. I literally would run at her, and I was going to take that cow down. So, getting back to this week. Yes, what happened next? Okay, so, Matt. Asked Talon, is mom friends with the neighbors? No. Are and you serious? I'm serious. And, and let's hope we oh, played the game. Talon's like, yeah, they hang out and they talk. They're doing a podcast. Oh, okay. So Good times. Literally 12 hours later, I get a phone call from my lawyer saying, your ex-husband is taking your son's truck back oh retaliation because he wanted to show he had power he had control he gifted that to my son for christmas two years ago i thought it's it was birthday gift. christmas it's a gift it, it was indian giving gift. mother and i have put in over a thousand dollars worth of work to keep that truck running who are you hurting here you want to look like the big bad guy you just look like a dick to your son Hey, guess what? Dad's a dick. I took all my shit back. Oh, my God. So, he has now taken oh my, my God. son's truck, which means 
I now have no way to get my kids to and from school. I have no way to get my son to practice on time because You're, he doesn't work. So I have to work extra right, hours. Fit because parent I'm not work, getting alimony. Does, yeah, I'm right. not getting all this money from him. And he's sitting around on his butt all day. And I am on my legs. I'm running around. I'm doing this. Then I'm going straight to baseball practice. Most nights I'm not home until 10 o'clock at night because I wake up. I go to work. I stay at work. And I go straight to baseball. And then I bring my son home. And it's 10 o'clock. And then it's like trying to make dinner. And What and, was the reason he gave for taking the truck back? Um, that he was going to sell his and he needed a car. He's going to sell his brand new one because, yeah. you know, the that crackhead he, when, destroyed when did your he one. he buy that? Like a month uh, ago? It was right after he got out of jail. It was the day that he attacked you. He had been in that truck for an hour. <laughs> sell the brand new. All right. Well, that makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The crackheads okay. are going to say stupid So stuff. then... We have this um, issue with, in our divorce agreement, it says, whoever has a title to a vehicle or item is theirs. Right. So, I have the title to a razor. Well, it turns out he sold it, even though it's titled only in my name, and I still have the title. Okay, well, that's a breach of contract, basically. That's... Mm-hmm. Those are legal documents. And so I said, well, then you need to pay me for it. He said, well, I sold it for 500 Well, we, show me bill of proof. We bill bought of sale. it for 5000 I would. I need to see the bill of sale. So then my mother-in-law gets involved, ex-mother-in-law, and says, he will not unblock you ever. So if you need to contact him... You do it through me. I missed the point where you asked him to unblock you. And I said, you know what? I am legally obligated to share certain information with Matt and only Matt. I'll do no less and I'll do no more. And if I need to contact him and he won't answer, guess what? There's called a mediator. I said to her, I said, I will stand in court one day and I will show all the times that I contacted him. And because he chose to have me blocked, he chose not to be part of my kids' lives. He chose not to show up to doctor's appointments, 504 meetings, IEP meetings, school meetings. He, he misses Once out on kids, all this. you know. But the thing is, is if oh. I text his mom, I can't legally prove that she told him. She doesn't need to be involved. So she, she doesn't need to be involved. Were you married to, were you in mm-hmm. this marriage? Is your name on that marriage certificate? Nope. And you know what? You are strict. And you know what? That would be conflict of interest anyway because you are the mother. That thing came from your body. If anything, feel ashamed that that came from your body and you just came to court where he was convicted. She should have come at me like, Oh, wow. This is how I truly feel. I feel like she should, like, call me and say, you know what, Megan? My son is messed up. He's disappeared at times, he said he can't be a dad. He checked himself into rehab without telling you. And all along, you've had these boys. You've kept them safe. You've fed them. You've taken care of them every day. These are my grandchildren. I love them. I want to protect right, them. Right. I am so grateful that they have you in their life to keep them steady and keep them emotionally healthy. Who was the one that was taking them to therapy? Me. Instead, Matt didn't yeah, take no. them once. 
It was me. She should have walked up as a real mother and been like, look, I'm a piece of shit. I made a piece of shit kid and he's a piece of shit dad. And you know what? He's going to be a piece of shit until he gets fucking help. And I'm sorry that he's attacking his children now as a way to get to you. I must have failed as a mother. I'm ashamed. I'm sorry I failed you. She failed you because she birthed him and she can't set him straight. Don't sit there and talk about character. Don't sit there and pretend every court case that he's got, you fly in so that way you can sit there. Everybody's got a good side, but some people flip and it looks like yours did. And you know what? Whatever it was you were smoking when you were pregnant, it eventually came out. It suddenly grabbed on because that's not fair. That's not fair. He is now attacked. You shame on her for not being a better mother. If it were my kids, and I know it because if Devin fights with his girlfriend and he's in the wrong, the first thing I say, go and apologize. Be a man. Apologize. Say you're wrong. Even if you don't think it, but that's a woman and you don't treat her like that. And she should be just the same. So that just shows the character that he was raised from. So she proceeds to tell me that I don't need to fight with her over everything. I don't need to talk to you over anything. Right? I don't need to fight with you over everything. I don't need to talk to you about anything. And you know what is so sad is I truly felt like, okay, these are my kids' grandparents. I should foster that relationship. Yes, absolutely. So Mother's Day, I sent her a gift from me and I said... Thank you for having your son because without your son, I wouldn't have mine. That's, thank you. I sent a present from the boys that said, we love you, grandma, blah, blah, blah. I FaceTimed them. Happy Mother's Day, grandma, all of that. And then she has the audacity to turn and be ugly and try to put my kids in a bad situation. Does I'm she done. have no motherly instinct? Because if somebody's no, talking... No, she needs to win. She Win what? You're going to win. You're going to win convictions. You're going to win jail time visits. You're going to win a pass to go see your son because he's got drugs out the butt and he's got guns and eventually that can't be overlooked. And he's violent and he's a bad role model for boys. Mm-hmm. And no man should do that. You never hit a woman. Never. Never. If Devin ever, if Zachary ever, if my oldest son ever hit somebody, John has never once hit me. Never once. My father, he hit me as his daughter. And that was the only time I had to accept it. After that, I did just like you. I will not let that happen to me again. He's never had it. I will walk away without it. She should feel bad. As a mother, she should feel bad. They to not have the motherly instinct to think of how rough it is. Well, I just want her to have a little respect. Have a little respect. For me. Because I've kept... That's blood. Like, Matt went to jail. I got a phone call, literally, from my son that said, my friend saw dad getting arrested. Why didn't... Yeah. Why didn't you bail him out, mom? Why did he call me? And the thing is, is... I kept these boys safe from so much. We've had they to look di- healthy. We've had happy. to hide in hotels under different names before. Um, I won't say who, but when Matt started beating me, I had someone that I called every time because I was worried one day that I would be killed and no one would know why. And I literally, after living for just a few months, what four months literally see 
And that's why I told you, if I were you, I'd be scared all the time. All the Not time. anymore. I mean, now, bring it. But I have been. Every single day, every right I've been scared to death. And I've been scared because I'm a single woman that have three boys if someone breaks in. Not even, but my ex has bro- broken in. He I, broke I into our it. last house. He said he'd be back. And it's fucking Terminator. He's he, like, I'll be bugged. He's no, come he back. just wants to show, like, I have the upper hand and you can't do anything and about it. And I have control. And so I was given three hours notice to give my son's truck back. It wasn't like, hey, um, in a week, we're really going to need that truck back. It was my lawyer calling me at work saying, they say that you need to meet them at 7 o'clock to hand over the truck. And I'm at work an hour away, and I'm like, what is going on here? And it, it, okay, so then. Well, I feel bad that the fact that his violence gave you a support system, and he decided to retaliate because you started to get stronger. I told you, he doesn't like people being close to me. Well, he can't get that's where he doesn't win on this one. You so, shouldn't have beat me into you shouldn't have beat me into the friendship there, buddy. Literally. I literally thought our divorce was final. There would be peace now. The fighting would end. Looks like it's not. And it's ramping up every day something new, something ugly, something and I've realized he once told me, he said, you can't keep a man because the second you take your makeup off, they go running. That killed me. And then he told me that I was so fat. He couldn't believe he was married to such a fat woman for his whole life. And it's because the minute I take the makeup off, they see all the bruises and marks and scars you left behind. And um, he can't hurt me like that anymore. No. He can say whatever he wants about me physically. And it won't hurt my feelings. But what I realized is when he took my son's freedom, it hurt me. That hurt me. I was pissed. It hurts me when he hurts my kids. It hurts me when you hurt kids. Now, I know this isn't fair to Talon, but I just want to bring up a point that two months ago, he bought Talon a brand new dirt bike and then Trevin a brand new four-wheeler. Why not sell those and get a car? Why take away from the one son that is actually so, helping me? Is he going to be driving in his car and he's going to sell his new truck? Evidently. But don't worry. He'll still have dirt bikes and four-wheelers and everything Oh, else. okay. Well, you know, priorities. I you mean, know. definitely, of course. And, you know, who cares that now his kids can't get to and from school? He's attacking the one that is the mayor of the house now. The oldest is the one in charge. He's just going to attack until... It's emotional abuse. It is. Emo- it's, there's so much, so much abuse. I mean, they've lived through it emotional abuse. wrong. And I just, like, all week, I just keep remembering when I had my babies and I held them. And I was like, I'm never going to let anything bad happen to you. And I just feel like I failed. But you didn't because they're healthy. To a degree. I mean, we did find out that one's got epilepsy, but that's his father's fault. But they're healthy. And they're healthy. They're happy. They go and, I mean, they're living like normal kids, like every other kid during this time where they can't do anything, but they're, they are normal boys. Mm -hmm. They're my normal boys. My boys were like that girl when I was single mom. 
they were still, and they're not just, you know, disconnected, sitting like staring at a corner or a wall. I mean, you've done the best thing possible because they're still in your care and they're, they're not crackhead anorexic wearing hot pink suits. (laughs) And it's like, I mean, and you, if anything, you're the example for them because you will do whatever it takes to make your kids have a better life. And that's true. I've been hustling. I've been selling things. I've been working extra shifts. Any extra shift I could get, I take. I hustle so that they are taken care of. And I will always do that. I will work myself dead. I worked three jobs. But I think what's important is I was so naive thinking when the divorce was final, it would be done. It's never done. There's always... It's never done. It's never done because after my whole thing with then when I got my papers that I was unfit and it was one thing after another and I was going to lose everything and I literally had done nothing wrong and it was just, if they can get to you, they want to make sure they can get and destroy you because they don't want anybody else to have you. He doesn't want me, but I don't think he wants anyone else to have me He doesn't want anybody He has to have control of something because he obviously has no control in his life. And so that has been what I work with my therapist is how to take his, I mean, I hear his voice in my head of like, oh, you look fat today or oh, you're this or that. And like blocking those and taking back my own control. Right. And it's hard. It's hard to pull yourself off the ground. It is. But there's so many people like, look. I mean, I'm one. But I didn't have you. I mean, it's been two and a half years that I've been, I've never been depressed a day in my life until we separated. I mean, because it's a blow. I mean, what do it you do knocked now? me on the ground. And it has been a long time of me trying to stand up. But just talking with you, it makes me not feel so weak and alone. And Not alone. Well, I'm hoping that, like, we can help other people feel. Yeah, because I am the future. Of me. Of where you're at. We just got to find me a good man. I mean, that, well, I went several years with that. No, I just went on several dates. I think we should do a whole segment on dating. It's, I mean, the horror stories is so bad. And with that, my children are going to have to go in the other Yeah, I mean, it was bad. (laughs) But, but dinner every night if you want it, heck yeah, I don't feel like cooking tonight. But then I have the kids, so it's like, take out, please, and we can talk while I get off the shift at work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually very strict about dinner. Um, that We have a no phone policy, and we have to sit down and eat dinner together every night. I'm strict about dinner that I'm not making it, and I'm saying strictly <laughs> to that, I'm not doing it. I'm strict to the fact that I'm grounding myself, and I'm keeping myself on a strict path. But yes, you are my goal. I my mean, goal you is, can be happy again. I mean... But it takes a lot, and if you're not... I think I lost hope that I would be happy again. I think I felt like I would never feel happy again, and I just thought... I think if you've got the right support or to know that it's actually, there is light at the very long tunnel. It's a very long long tunnel. tunnel. Yeah, you had no light. 
no light. And you didn't want that. That's why I said I'd take that beating again. He's going to be a dick. I, You know what? I'm strong enough. That's why I was like, you could be weak. I'll be strong. I will take his ass down. I will do whatever it takes. And if it takes a beating to get you back to peace, let's do it. Because that's the thing is you didn't have that support. Everybody needs support when you're in a very messy situation. And that's the problem with our society is the second it's messy, people flee because they don't want to be part of the mess. And I get it. I understand. I mean, I get it. I get it. But at the same time, people all scattered. And I literally, I remember moving out of our house and asking these people that I had known nine years and taken vacations with and stuff and said, can I borrow your husband to help move furniture? And they said no, because they didn't want to be caught in the middle. And that's the problem. That's the problem. Well, they're living in that picture-perfect life in their Completely alone. And I could not trust anyone. And so I had no one. I didn't let anyone in. No. at all. Not even in boxes. I mean, not even dating. Like, all I do is work and take care of my kids. But that's how it's going to be. But I feel like we're in the shift of, like, they could use some man influence, some good man influence. Yeah. I feel like we have healed the four of us to where we're good and we would be okay with an extra. But you gotta... But it has to be the right one. I'm not right. just going to settle for a joke love. No. No. I mean, my expectations and standards, like, I had a checkbox of things I wanted a man to get married when I was... I had a checkbox, and I married everything but any of those checks. Oh, well, I married all of those checks, and look where I got. So, I had made myself new checklists. I did, yeah, see, exactly. Mine, I just throw the list out the window because it doesn't matter. Second time around, it's different. I mean, number one is no chitty Denver. Right, right. (laughs) That's definite. Okay, that's a a definite clause that should be in everybody's mind. I mean, for real. Now, did you get a prenup with your second marriage? No, I didn't. Why? I don't go into marriages thinking I'm getting divorced. I know. Why? Then you've got something to sit there and be like, I can walk out at any time. This divorce has put me through hell and back. I really don't know. Like, I feel like I'd want to prenup just to make it clean and clear just in case. Because I don't know that. Now, you tell me. No, everybody's I don't though. know that I'm ever going to trust like I trusted my ex. I don't think you ever, you'll always be suspicious because I am still to this, and we've been married 10, 11 years now, and it's, I still get, you know, that jealous girl vibe that I'm going to go and don't make me, I've never looked in his phone, I've never done any snooping around, I've always trusted him, but that doesn't mean that I don't sit there and sit, think, "Mm." I have literally come out and said, Fucking around with that girl. She's messing with you. I have definitely gone up to women and been like, you're a little too close. You need to back it off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just because I'm I'm not going to end up the way I did the first time. Yeah. But I don't know. It seems to me, it's like, I always went in with like, I'm not going to have that to fall back then. If you have a prenup, it's, I feel like it's a ticket. It's a, it's mm-hmm. like the ticket that you just pull. And what if you don't need to pull that ticket for that time, but you just need to work it out? 
I just know. Your situation. That literally. There was no workout. October, my doctor told me I was dying. And he said, you have got to fix this stress. And, um. We're, I, we're I on have, step one. And I'm like, I can't just wish this stress away. No. But I literally was dying. And I kept, I kept thinking, I'm gonna die and leave my three boys to this man that I don't want to raise my boys and so I have fought and taken all sorts of crazy medicines like anyways but I I can't do another divorce so I feel like and maybe it's the beginning stages like I'm just to the point where I feel like I'm healed Enough that maybe I could start dating. Yeah, you could go out. But I just don't think I'll trust. And I'm afraid of that. Although, I have dated some. I've never had feelings for anyone until recently. But that person did not share the feelings back. Yeah, I didn't reciprocate. So then, um, I went back to I'm not enough. And I... I didn't want to jump that far back. So no. then I thought, maybe I'm not ready. you got to be, you got to accept yourself before anybody else can accept you. you got to love yourself. It's hard you to love accept, yourself. Yeah, As a single is. mom, I can think of a million areas that I'm failing. I have dishes in my sink right now that need to be done. I do too. But you know what? You also got three kids. <laughs> <laughs> I always sit there too. I'm like, yeah, I house is dirty, but. I got three kids. I got three kids. I'm a single mom and it's dirty. It's not dirty for long. Grab a broom. I know. It's never, it's always clean before I go to bed. Otherwise, it's always clean. I can't, I can't. can't, It'll drive me crazy. But, but I didn't always make them clean up because then it was like, I always felt bad about making them do anything because they'd already been through so much. Exactly. So I did it all for them because the fact that it was like, but you try to give him the best life possible. And my pediatrician even yelled at me. He's like, why do your kids not have chores? Mine don't have chores. And but you know what? Because I feel like they, they went through to. enough. They, they went through enough. I should, I try and pamper them every chance I can See, it's to like, try and erase the trauma and like create a new normal. The thing is, is you can't erase it. And because I'm, you fast forward. Mine are older. And you know what? I didn't give them chores. They didn't have to do anything. I um, worked three jobs and cleaned everything. And I did not cook dinner. I threw it in a microwave and they ate it. But still, <laughs> I did all that stuff to where they didn't have to do that. And you know what? Years from now, they're that good that it didn't matter if they had chores or not. They saw what I was doing to just give them some kind of normal And you can't erase it. They still remember it. My boys remember it. But they know that the one person who is there, no matter what, thick and thin, mom, they could see it. They would hurt if I was hurting. They Sometimes they'd show it. Sometimes they wouldn't. Did you love yourself as a single mom, though? I felt like I failed completely. I was, every day I was failing. I mean, people will be like, oh, well, my son had this for homework and it's this project. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I went out and bought it from the store and just took the price tag. He did his project, too. We stayed up all night. I, I mean, a lot of times if it was projects, you're up until one o'clock in the morning. So you don't get home until late. 
Mm-hmm. And they made it through. I made it through. You know, it was like, it's just, you. they do respect it. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, I got back talked and, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, I mean, I also spanked up until a certain point and then I couldn't do it anymore. And it was like. I know. I did till they laughed at me. And then that was, was it so at that point. Pissed. I was like, "You're I laughing. I'm hitting hard." I'm like, "That's it. I'm done." And so then I started making them do wall sits. <laughs> I'm like, my mom and dad used to make me write lines if I did any. I mean, or stand for hours without sitting down, and yeah. that's like that's corporal punishment. Um, no, well, wall sits. I made them do a minute for how old they were. None of them could make it. But no, but it's then, still. I'm good if you give me the apology. Yeah, no, it's like, but I don't, I don't regret not making them do a bunch of things. And I know that people say that builds them up. No, I know that what they went through and what they saw. And then as they got older, realized as they were turning into men, Mm -hmm. that it was, that's not the way to act because this is how hard women work. This is how hard they love. Mm -hmm. So if they love this hard, then I'm not going to hurt them anymore. And they're just, I mean, now they don't ever leave home. And it's not because <laughs> You're of like, what did I do and wrong? How is they, it's failure to launch. I've got um, <laughs> a senior in college still at home. And he's never moved out to move back home. He's just never moved out. He just loves you. But I he, ask my boys all the time, who's going to let me live with them when they're older? Trevin said I could live out in a shed. Wow. <laughs> you know what? We went through, like, if I was on life support... And there were still options, but they had to put me on life support to keep me going. Would you pull the plug? And my son was like, yes. I said, okay, well, you're not in the will and you're not power of attorney. And the other one said, I wouldn't pull the plug. But if I accidentally tripped over it and it came undone, oops. I was like, oh my God, this is this. I went to my son's girlfriend. I was like, you're in charge. That's it. Ask John. He's like, "Uh, no, there's always a chance. I would leave you alive because I would want to wait until there was a chance to bring you back. I was like, that's the perfect answer, but you're not power of attorney. I already gave it to the girlfriend. <laughs> it's like, no. but She the, has uh, nothing to gain from it yet. No, she says, and at this point, you know what? She just, she doesn't want me to go anywhere. Maybe you write her in the will and write Debbie She's in, Yeah, everything goes to her. She knows what to do. But I think that that's the thing is, but look at how much better you are now knowing that you've got a fighter with you. And to not to have anybody you, with you is so hard to do, but it's easier to get through every day. And I said, you said, I don't have any friends. And I said, well, you do now. And it was from that day. I'm, it, I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but we're going to win this. I have literally lived in fear every single day. I mean, I'd watch out the windows. And then when you said that you could watch out the windows, I finally started sleeping a little bit. I watch out every night. Devin stays with me and then he goes and I'll stay up. But yeah, but like you need a support system when you're in a bad situation, no matter what it is, whether it's abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, mental, whatever. Or gaslighting. Like, yeah, you need to be able to. Yeah, because that tears apart your self-esteem. Yeah, it does. you can't do anything right when your self-esteem's broken. No, you can't. And you just, it's always a battle to get up. And if you don't have anybody to boost you up. But it's proof. One person believing and then one person saying, I got your back and actually doing it. can get you started on the right path. So it's like nobody, and nobody gave you that chance. A complete stranger. 
And I just want to take away like the shame that you feel when you do have a messy life. Because I didn't ask for this messy life. No, it's not your fault. This mess came on me and shocked me to my core. And shocked my family to the core. And my mom even said she has talked to people and they said, did you see this coming? And she was like, no, we were all blindsided. And we were. And I didn't. I, I, I mean, I consider myself a classy person. I never thought my life would be this. And but it's for some reason, it's almost like you're ashamed to tell people. Yeah, I've like it's beat, a dirty thing. I've been broken. I'm getting Men hurt. could say it. They can say, I got divorced and nobody judges. Women say it and it's like, what's red all the flag. baggage? Yeah. yeah. Red flag. Red, that's red all flag. I have. I have a bunch of red flags. People ask me why I'm single. I'm like, red flags. See? <laughs> and my mess is a beautiful mess. I love my mess now. I didn't like it before, but I mean, at the end. And they say that. They say that God puts you through things so that or puts your it brings you better in the end. You just have to suffer through the trial and show. That's a, you can't have the blessings without the burden. I say that to my boys and my husband all the time. They complain and I'm like, are you blessed? Yes. Okay. Well, you can't have blessings without burdens. But then again. Sometimes God moves you next door to somebody else who actually believes you and gets in a fight. I truly believe that God brought you in my life. I truly believe I went through that fight. That was uh, sometimes you just have to take one for the team. I'm sorry. I don't really care. At this point, it's like, I mean. Hey, you know what? I'll take the next one. Okay. (laughs) No, you've taken enough. At this point, bring it. I haven't. It's I been mean, a while. I can come back. He's broken so much on me. What's I mean, one more bone? Exactly. <laughs> Dude, we could say it again. I fell, but I mean, I fell down the stairs. It's my neighbor. She was mad. She beat me. <laughs> she was mad. I looked at her. I did talk to your husband at the mailbox today. He was excited about that. He's oh, like, was he? he came in. He's like, the boys said hey to me, and I was like, yeah, the boys always say hi to you. And he's like, no, the neighbor boys said hi to me. I was like. Okay, good job, honey. You're not as scary as they thought. And he goes, and Vegas said hi to me too. And I was like, see, she's not as scared of you anymore either. Whatever. I saw him. I was like, oh, dear. Say hello or else you say something. Hi, how are you? How you doing? (laughs) And I waved. And then I was like, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. (laughs) He's like, maybe she's really not. I was like, well, everybody's a little bit scared. Just not me. I was like, but the boy said hey. He's like, I was shocked. They actually said hello. But, I mean, either way. God brought us here. There's nobody else that would move in overnight. Like a running woman, which I won that bet. Yes. <laughs> Who tried to be quiet and then he throws you next to me. Who actually was like, probably a few weeks before. I don't care about neighbors. I just want us to stay here because we don't need any more attention. We get enough. And, and then, then I move in. But I was the exact same way. I was like, I don't want any attention. I don't want anyone to know anything. I don't want anyone you to judge You almost pulled it off. I know. For what, two weeks? I know. And now, Ugh. now we are, well, I don't really care. Now it's like, I mean, now the person who doesn't want anybody because we get enough publicity, enough reports, enough, mm-hmm. there's enough attention on our family because of Dawn. It's like, now I'm out there like throwing all this stuff out. Now give me some attention. Everybody, 
Poor me. Give me poor me. Feed this. Send this. I don't think it's that. I think that you're truly in your heart just trying to tell people they're not alone. No, I don't. And I think that it's true. I always said I'd pay it forward. I got to a better life. I got away from a bad life. My kids were happy. I always, I will help. I can, I always say it. I've got the nastiest sailor mouth ever, but I was married to Marine. My father was in the Navy. So I'm allowed to have a dirty mouth, but my religion is strong. And if you don't believe me, that's not, you know, that's between me and God. Mm-hmm. We're working it out. We just take care of you. But I'm very, I have a lot of faith. I have a lot of religion in my heart. I believe that God is there and brought us here. I take that fight. It could have been much worse. So maybe, you know, there's always a little bit of collateral damage. That was us, but then it fixes it. And I do think that it takes, it. if I'd have had just one person. All and it I takes have, is one person. It just person. takes one. And I didn't have that. And I had to build myself up. And it's such a hard battle. I want this shame to go away. Everybody, yeah. It's not our shame it's to carry. It's not our fault. And you know what? It's It's a beautiful mess. And I think that I need to do this for my own healing. Yeah, you do. And it's just stronger already. I work on myself literally every day. I wake up and I read the scriptures. I listen to podcasts. I listen to inspirational things. Every day I'm working on myself, trying to make myself a better mom, a better person. I literally, like I told you, I was flat on the ground And I made a list of the characteristics that I wanted to be known by, and I became them. And I I have had to rebuild myself. And you know what? It's a constant process. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm lacking here. I need to work harder here and harder here. And Well, you don't feel like you're screwing up all the time and being beaten down for it, literally? I mean, no one's telling me I'm ugly every day. No. In fact... I have a cute boy that tells me how pretty I am every day. Oh, I used to get that. Now it's only every now and then. Oh, and I usually have to ask for it. You know, I'm like, like, don't I look good today? Because nobody will say anything. Oh yeah, and then of course there's always one honest one. Well, okay, I have an honest one too. Just walk away from that one. It's usually just like I just flip them off and walk away. We're like going to where were Target. And I had showered. My hair was still wet. I had on makeup because I don't go anywhere without makeup. Like, I wear my makeup like it is my mask and my shield. (laughs) And I throw on clothes and I walk downstairs. I'm like, okay, let's go. And he's like, we can wait. And I was like. What do you mean we can wait? What do you mean we can wait? You got to go to the bathroom? What's going on? He's like. You you need to go work on yourself a little bit more. <laughs> All right. Why don't you join me upstairs and we're going to work on this together. But you first. I'm going to go ahead and show you what I'm going to work on. And I'm going to work on your ass. Now, <laughs> don't ever say that. That's like calling a woman crazy. Okay. So to so wrap def- up. Yes. we. That's how we have come to this part. To get it to where. And it's important so that we've decided to let everybody know. You're and not we alone. Want to help people. You can definitely reach out for you know find one person. And I think our stories are going to be a mix of old stories and as oh my gosh. things progress. I mean, truly, I tell my th- therapist this all the time that when things aren't happening, I'm still anxious because I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. There's another shoe that's always going to drop, and I was naive thinking that it would stop. 
And so I don't want anyone to think that just because you signed some papers, it ends. Because if it you doesn't. have someone that has to control you, they will always have to control you. Yeah. You have to take back control. And that is on me. But you're... I'm working on it. You're working I'm on a it. work in progress. It's much better progress report now than it was a few weeks ago. But I think we have lots of funny old stories that we I can share. I have so many things and it's unfiltered. If I, now uh, that I have my last I, I allow unfiltered. I mean, I can't <laughs> help it. That's just, I mean, you got you got blatant responses. All that stuff you told me I can't believe happened. You got my, you got my literal, I just found out reaction. <laughs> Which could have been actually a lot worse, but there but, were kids. I think, yeah, we'll share how things progress, and then we'll also share the old funny, ugly... Lots of funny mom moments. Oh, and mom Being single mom now. I mean, I had to learn what... how to change the flat tire. That in itself, I had to jump on the, the um, crowbar. No, you did Because the bolts were so tight, I couldn't move them, so I had to stand on them and jump. You know what? And that was the first time you have to do that? I had that, and it happened in the rain? Never, I I went and bought the expensive jack. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was like, I'm never getting stuck with these stupid models that they give you with the car. Nope, I want an actual. Basically, I'm just sitting there, barely turning it, like I'm making oh, yeah, ice cream. Oh yeah, no, or I was like jumping. I had like black all the way up my arms. I came in and I said, "Guys, what? Guys, I'm a man." And they all looked uh, at me. And then me. it's like. And they were so unimpressed. And I was like, no, mine, do you know what I just did? Mine are unimpressed. They'll sit there and they'll go, okay, great. I don't have to do it now. Oh. <laughs> All right. That's the man of the house. I'm going to go back to the garage and make a stool or something. <laughs> I'm going to go and change the spark plugs. Yeah. Something I, manly. Yeah, I've done something manly. I'll go and fix the plumbing or something. But. <laughs> but anyways, we hope you enjoyed listening and maybe I'll tune in next time. Because it only gets better from here. I mean, right? The story. It only gets interesting. I promise you. I promise you, insane. Yeah, because we're still in in the thick of things. Yeah, we are in the thick. And you know what? I'm so glad to have you in the thick of things. I'm glad I could take the fight for you. I'm so sorry. I took a punch for you. You did. Do you want to punch me? No. Are you sure? Maybe one of the kids. Okay, which one? I don't know. <laughs> Mine. Oh, no, we the, can't. To punch him to get him out of the house. <laughs> Do you want him to move in with me? No, you don't want that. That That's a curse. No. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening. It gets better next time. To be continued. That's right. Every day. <laughs> <laughs>